0: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening to you dear listeners. Welcome back to Floaters. My name is Sophia and the premise here is very simple. I talk to people who are floating through life, whether that's via different cultures, beliefs, jobs, even countries. Interested? Yes, keep listening. Not interested? Oh, go on, give it a go. Oh, still not interested. Fair enough. Probably have other things to do. But those of you on board, let's get cracking. So today I am talking to Alma Rasmussen. Uh, Now Alma is from Denmark and that's where I was speaking to her from and uh, we did talk quite a bit about Covid due to the nature of Alma's job and her own experience and also because it's still happening, you know, we're still in a pandemic. I mean... We're all going to be talking about it. But of course, I wanted to let you know that because if you've had enough of COVID chat and you need a break from it all, um, this is your trigger warning. But, you know, we don't just talk about COVID, we talk about all kinds of things. Um, Of course, you know, floaters sort of issues, including home and how do you feel about living in your passport country, uh, the place you're supposed to be from. And uh, we even touch on uh, Scottish drinking cultures, which is always fun. So um, in true floaters form, I always begin by asking my guests where they grew up and Alma, take it away.
1: I was born in Paris um, and I think it's a little bit hard to say that I grew up there considering we moved when I was three years old. Then we moved to Estonia, which you might already know because that is where we have met once upon a time long ago. Um, and then I spent five or six years in Estonia and then I moved to Slovakia and then we spent five or six years in Slovakia. And then we moved home. You can't see it, but I'm doing air quotes right now, home to Denmark. Um, and then I have lived in Denmark. Since then, which is about, oh, almost 10 years ago now, but I did spend a year in Yorkshire and a year in Edinburgh uh, just to get back out there. Um, and, yeah, that is, that's sort of kind of where I've grown up. What were you doing so Yorkshire be- in Yorkshire and Edinburgh? Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I went to Yorkshire to be a nanny where I was an au pair for a family with six boys. Oh, I wow. know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> When I got an email from her before I started working for them I was like I think she's joking and then I saw the family picture and she was not joking. <laughs> the best part was the two youngest were twins. So they had four boys and they were like, "You know what? We can handle another one." And then it not only turns out to be boys again, but it's two of them. <laughs> oh wow. I I don't know how you coped with that. That must have been intense. It was. The best part was that I was 18. Like, the youngest was four years younger than me because he was 14. And then the youngest youngest were, like, the twins. They were five when I got there and six when I left. So, yeah, I essentially worked for the Von Trapp family. But they were absolutely lovely. They were, like, the sweetest family ever. And the parents had my back completely. And the boys, the best part was they bullied me mercilessly for my American accent but when i left they were they were starting to develop an american accent i was not starting to develop a yorkshire accent my parents were chagrined when i came home and still sounded like an american after a year in yorkshire
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's quite impressive actually i mean i find sometimes i'm definitely one of those people that like i can adapt my accent depending on the environment i'm in like and it doesn't matter where i am like i remember actually at school in estonia i used to have an american accent speaking to my
1: friends but as soon as Mm -hmm. i came home i'd switch back to british all of a sudden that's actually very impressive i can't for the life of me i have an american accent through and through and through it's terrible (laughs) and people keep asking me so when did you live in the states i'm like never i have never lived in the states (laughs) it's international school for you that's it
0: um so when you how many schools did you go through then if you went from like yeah
1: paris estonia slovakia yeah so in uh, in paris i actually looked out and i went to a wee uh, danish kindergarten i it must have been quite niche i'm not sure how there was enough danish toddlers living in paris at that moment to have a whole kindergarten for them but they did and then in slovakia i went to, or in estonia i went to it was qsi no ISC, ISC international school of estonia yes qsi was in slovakia um so i went to the same school for all the five to six years in Estonia and the same school for all the five to six years in Slovakia. And then when I came home to Denmark, I went to, uh, I wanted to try out going to a Danish school and that lasted half a year. <laughs> and then I went back to an international school, but I also hopped like through three different international schools when I got to Denmark because they were like, it was tiny, the one I went to first. I think it's called Istanbul International School. Um, and there was like, a few hundred students barely any like if if even uh and then i went to another one but that ended right before high school because they didn't have a, a gymnasium as we call it here uh, which is our version of high school so then i had to go to another one called nagi uh, so yeah i went to like four different schools within like three years in denmark that was a lot <laughs>
0: Wow, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of hopping around. I mean, uh, um, how come, I mean, how how did that affect your studies um, towards
1: the end? I mean, it's, it's a good question. I'm gonna be real, I don't think studies were like a super high priority for me at the time. When I started in the Danish school, um, the only class I excelled at was definitely English because I'd never gone to a Danish school in my life. So even though I spoke Danish fluently, a, I didn't speak. I didn't even speak Danish at home. Like I, sp- I spoke English to my parents and my little brother, even though my dad was hell bent on enforcing a "we only speak Danish at the dinner table" rule, which lasted about five seconds. Um, so, like having to learn stuff like like science or history or anything like that in Danish was an absolute pain. So the only thing I really looked forward to was English class. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough yeah I could imagine I mean it's one thing to yeah have a conversation just like yeah using like colloquialisms and that sort of thing but when it comes to the serious sort of stuff it's a whole different vocab isn't there?
1: Oh completely it really really was but yeah I remember I was just so relieved when I got to go back to an international school after half a year at a Danish one so that that helped a lot. Yeah and what do you what do you do now then? Right now I'm uh, I'm working for um I'm never sure how to translate this but uh, infection tracking essentially i'm one of the people that calls out uh close contacts to people that have tested positive for corona oh, so okay. i'm working for the police <laughs> <Ascent>. <laughs> it's a very important job these days though yeah i mean when uh, when i broke my thumb uh my uh the doctor asked what i did and because i asked if i could go back to work and uh and I was like, "Well, I, I work for infection tracking. His, oh, that's an important job." And I'm like, I, "That's very sweet of you to say, but you're a doctor. Like, you don't have to pretend that you <laughs> like we are on the same level because that's not that's not quite factual." <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's it's interesting. It's uh, it puts me in contact with a bunch of people of course generally danes but i also do a few flight cases here and there
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. i mean are you, are you how how is it in uh, denmark at the moment how how's the pandemic treating you guys
1: <laughs> yeah, actually i mean definitely not as bad as you guys uh i'm i can't say i'm jealous that uh, that i'm not that i'm in the not in the uk right now that is fair enough <laughs> Yeah, um, well, so the most recent thing they've done is that they've uh, brought down the number of people that are allowed to be gathered in public to five, which is the lowest it's been. Um, and everything's closed. Shops, uh, schools, I think apart from the low, lowest classes, like um, kindergartens and such are still open, but like barely. The government has let them stay open, but they're also telling parents to keep their children at home if they can which is quite paradoxical
0: <laughs> yeah a lot of places seem to be doing that here as well I mean it's uh it's like don't go to school but also stay at home and the, but then also know you should go to school but then also don't do this it's very
1: confusing yeah, exactly it's like work at home but also keep your kids home no no you can do both you can definitely do both don't worry about it <laughs> yeah. oh my god I am not jealous of parents right now I mean I can't even begin to imagine the stress they must be feeling oh my god I know i Oh god, it must be an absolute pain. I yeah. I think I would absolutely let YouTube teach my children for the like next few months. Like the full time job at the same time. That's I just don't see how else you're supposed to do it. Um, (laughs) Literally
0: sitting them in front of David Attenborough programs all the time. Like that's probably what I would be doing.
1: A little bit of Animal Planet, maybe some true crime shows. They gotta learn that eventually.
0: Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should start a homeschooling thing. Who knows? Maybe I think we're on the right track.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, But yeah, so I'll say our infection rates are actually going down, which is shocking because we are also, we're up at about almost 300 cases of the British variant. uh, And we know that's going to get worse. So we're just kind of waiting for the numbers to skyrocket again. But currently they're going down because everything has been shut down so much again, which is quite a relief um but yeah uh it's cold as fuck outside so I think everyone is currently just at home (laughs) well that 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 helps at least at least it's like keeping people indoors oh for sure it really does there's no reason to be outside now so no one's no one's out there transmitting anything
0: and how are you finding like um like staying at home or like not being able to travel are you quite a sort of have you got the travel bug
1: Oh, I absolutely do. I think I've told like five or six people in the past month how much I want to move. (laughs) I think it's, I think it's natural for probably a lot of uh, TCKs or third culture kids that after a certain amount of time in one place, you, you're ready to go another place. I think it's once you finally feel established in the country you are in currently, you're like, okay, I can go out now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's like, you've completed it.
0: It's like, you've completed the country or the place. I need to go again
1: completely like achievement unlocked I can move on
0: (laughs) (laughs) do you know if there's anywhere in particular that you want to
1: move or is it just at the moment anywhere (laughs) honestly anywhere like I'm always down to go somewhere new I feel like I've in my entire life been very Europe specific so I'd really like to get out of uh, Europe but I mean I can't deny that there are some very obvious uh what's it called upsides to being a European citizen and especially being a Danish citizen. Um, but yeah, anywhere, Australia, New Zealand, anywhere hot, anywhere I can surf pretty much. I really, really want to do that. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh my
0: God. Like I'm so, I'm just thinking about the beach now. It's so cold here at the moment as well. So
1: <laughs> that would be lovely. Yep. I mean, I've already ordered bikinis online because I'm so ready <laughs> for fucking warm and I'm just, yeah, I'm already, my, my mind is in an island paradise right now.
0: Oh God, that would be, that would be so lush. I mean, would you ever consider like moving back to one of the countries you've already lived in? Like, do you feel nostalgic about any of them at all? Or?
1: Um, yes, for sure. I adore Scotland. Like, um, I totally miss, I miss Scotland so much. I'm just, the Scottish people are some of the best people I've ever met in my life. That really, like, if anything feels like home, it's definitely Scotland. As much as Denmark also partially feels like home, because I've been here for a while now, I'm, like I've had, I have my friends around me. I have my family here. It's never, it's realistically never going to feel completely like home. I don't know if there's ever going to be a place that feels like home for me like that. But Scotland is definitely one of them, one of the ones that's going to come close. Oh, that's, that's great. I mean, where in Scotland were you? I was in Edinburgh and I did not do enough sightseeing. So I've barely been outside of Edinburgh, but I really liked Edinburgh.
0: <laughs> Edinburgh is really beautiful, isn't it? Um, I mean,
1: what were you, do, what were you up to in Edinburgh? Uh, well, I initially went there to study, um, to start studying psychology and sociology. Uh, that didn't really last. So I ended up spending the last half year I was there just bartending, which was also extremely fun. I feel like I got to know uh, the the Scots in a different way. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you did. It was great. It was, it was lovely. I feel like uh, I'm very, uh, what's it called? I just enjoy the Scottish nightlife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine then, did you stay there throughout the festival that happens there? Yes, I was working uh, throughout the festival, which was quite fun because then we were open till, what was it, 5 a.m.? Well, we had a, yeah, there was a lot going on there. But uh, yeah, I can't, I, I imagine like all my bartender buddies. Who We all complain about the festival every single time it comes around. But in 2020, they're all just like, oh my God, I miss the festival. Oh my God, where are <laughs> all... The- yeah, because I mean, the only time I've ever been was for the festival. Um, the
0: only time I've been to Edinburgh. And like, it was, I couldn't believe how swarmed it was. It's packed full of people. There are thousands of shows and things. And um, and yeah, I mean, I couldn't help feeling really sorry for the residents of Edinburgh as well. The thousands of, upon thousands of people just lining the streets. It's mad
1: completely like you pretty much just go through it in a haze and i imagine if you live right in the middle of town you must also hate it since i was a tourist that was probably only going to be there for a year anyways i absolutely enjoyed it also the amount of free shows i mean you you don't have to pay for anything and you can see about 10 shows a day it was really phenomenal
0: it is pretty awesome especially yeah those free shows are good if you're trying to save a pretty penny as well
1: (laughs) bartender you're you're always trying to save a pretty penny (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, I love Scotland. I've always dreamed of like, yeah, going up there as well and living there. But then the thing that puts me off is always the weather. The weather, I
1: mean, sometimes it can be quite, quite brutal, I I hear anyway. No, I completely agree. But then again, Denmark is also not forgiving at all. We have had almost a full week of snow this year, which is impressive because usually we never have snow. So our winters are essentially just six months of grey, and uh, I think seasonal depression hits Danes real hard. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. I think a reason that we're the country in the world that uh, prescribes the most happy pills. Oh, is that right? Yep. hmm I didn't know that. Yep. That was a fun fact for when uh, the year that Denmark was voted the happiest country in the world. That was like a little <laughs> addendum that hadn't quite been added there.
0: <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That would make sense. I mean, so with with living in Denmark, like, um, have you do you have do you feel quite established there now? Like, do you feel a bit more at like at ease at home with with being there?
1: Yes, for sure. For sure. I do. I remember when I first moved here when I was like 13, I was miserable. All I wanted to do was leave like Denmark as soon as possible because I just wanted to go back out and meet the international peoples. And then I realized you can find those here in Denmark too. Like Denmark international is all hell. Pretty much all Danes speak English fluently, not just because they have English in, in school, but because we are super Americanized media wise. And you could go up to like any 10 year old that lives in Copenhagen and he could probably speak English to you. That's pretty fair enough. Yeah, really impressive. It makes it makes it less impressive that I can speak English fluently, which is kind of a bummer, but eh. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I mean, but what were
0: you like as a teenager? Um, and, And also hopping from school to school? Um,
1: I mean, it was definitely it was tough for me. I think I kind of expected because I'd lived so many places, different places in my life, and I had moved schools before. I I think I expected the transition to be a bit more seamless. And I think you, you would expect that from someone who has moved a lot in their life anyways. But that was not the case for me. Um, I'll say like when I first started in a Danish school, that was tough as hell, because it really, the culture was so different. It was really like nothing I'd ever experienced before. Like a Danish classroom is a lot more free. You experience, you're, you uh, call your teacher by their first name. And I remember my little brother came running home from school one day and he was like, Mom, we're allowed to swear. <laughs> Because Danes, they just really, they don't give a fuck about that. (laughs) We really like, swear words are like naturally part of most of our conversations. Um, So it was really different for me. Uh, My little brother fortunately blended in really well. I think he was also 10 when we got here. Um, But I desperately wanted to go back to an international school and that is what I did. And it was such a relief and it was really nice to start an international school again. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So did that sort of help your general sort of teenage, did you have any sort of teenage angst or anything about like not being able to go anywhere and that sort of yes, thing? a
1: lot of <laughs> things. I think, you know, the My Chemical Romance fan in me is, is absolutely still very active. Um, because yeah, I just I was very rebel, like parents, how dare you take me to this country? I don't even want to be here. And I think I also tried to push for boarding school for a while. And they were like, "Do you know how much boarding school costs. And I was like, I just, this is so unfair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so where, where did you want to go to boarding school? Like in Denmark?
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, no, not in Denmark. No, like out of the country somewhere, English speaking. I think if anything, I probably pushed for the States too. And they're like, we, they were like, yeah, not likely. We're not sending you to boarding school somewhere in the States.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yes. I, mean, I mean, boarding schools, are, yeah, that's a whole other bag, I suppose. But um, I suppose, was it the sort of the, did you, oh no, hang on. <laughs> I've got all these questions in my head. Um, in terms of staying in Denmark as well, do you find the permanence a little bit reassuring or do you find it more alarming?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it comes and goes. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this feels like home. I have so many friends here. I actually know the city, like, inside and out. Um, but in a time where, like, most of the things in town are closed down, I was like, I mean, Copenhagen is cute and all, but it'd be nice to go somewhere, uh, it's anywhere else, you know? Because, like, all the all the things you love about a big city, when everything's shut down, there's not as much left to love there. Mm-hmm. And which is actually why I'm pretty thrilled I live right outside town next to, like, a massive green area where there's just, like, rolling hills. Well, not rolling hills. It's Denmark. There, we don't have any hills. But there's massive fields <laughs> right by the water. It's really gorgeous. Um, but, yeah, I think right now it's definitely more feeling a little bit too permanent for me. But it doesn't really scare me because I know that, Traveling is always going to be something I'm going to be doing. And realistically moving elsewhere in in my life is also definitely in the cards for me. Are your parents still traveling around? Uh, No, we came back to Denmark when I was 13 because my dad retired. He was with the Danish Embassy. Uh, my mom works for Red Cross with refugees under 18. Um, so she's pretty well established here in Denmark. And I mean, she's grown up in Denmark her entire life. So is my dad. So they're both very at home here. They're both Danes through and through. Um, so while my mom still likes to travel, uh, she's, she absolutely has no plans of moving elsewhere.
0: And how does she feel or how do your parents feel about your sort of your, your, your inner nomad, your inner TCK needing to, you know, travel this way and that?
1: I think I think they're they're quite proud of it. My dad still gives me shit for not wanting to speak Danish at the dinner table, but uh, I think uh, he's he's slowly gotten over that. Um, but I think they're very happy that I have had such an international childhood, and I'm going to continue to like live a very international lifestyle. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's a mixed thing for them because I think they also know, especially my mom knows how hard it was for me when we first moved back to Denmark, and I think she wished there had been a little bit more stability for us. But at the same time, I I think they're just really happy that they could have provided us with the cho- like the chances that they did. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, it is a really lucky sort of it is a lucky position to be in, of course. And like, uh, there's a lot of privilege that comes with being able to travel and absorb all these different cultures and make these friends, and um, and also just the sort of the. Um, it, it fills you with sort of this empathy and also this wanting to connect with other people which I think is so important and um yeah. and can be quite rare to come across these days which is such a shame I mean as and I don't think this is a abnormal thing I don't think this is like like a, a TCK exclusive thing but like um the, the sort of rise in xenophobia and stuff that you see all over the place I find that baffling I find it so baffling and then I feel so lucky that I've had the opportunity to go to these places and and mix with all sorts of people from all walks of life I think it's a it's an amazing position to be in
1: no, I totally agree. And I think you're right. It's it's really mind boggling for people like us who have had to first of all try to fit into other cultures but also just have experienced other cultures our entire lives that the fact that you could dislike someone purely based off of their country of origin or or anything along those lines. Because like I agree, it is it is also something that is so hard for me to understand. And I think it's reflected in everything in, like in anything regarding gender or sexuality. It's just it's it's opened your mind up in a way because we were forced to do it as children but it's also just something that has followed ha, that has followed us through our lives since then
0: mm, mm, definitely i'm
1: I so fortunate to to have experienced that for sure
0: yeah i mean cuz it's just something like they do say don't they that like kids they don't learn no they learn how to how to how to hate they but they you know they grow up with just like love in their hearts anyway like you won't you won't differentiate one person from the other you won't be like like, you'll just be like, these are my friends and, you know, you won't care where they're from or whatever. Like, I remember at school, um, I did a project, uh, this is a ISE, did a project mm-hmm. of, like, drawing loads of maps of the world and, like, it was all, we all had to do our maps from, like, our class and there were so many and, like, not maps of the world, oh my God, English Sophia, I mean flags, <laughs> flags of the world
1: jesus Um, many different maps
0: of the world (laughs) can you you imagine um really creative kids just making their own maps um no but yeah (laughs) all these different flags and there were so many flags um and it was just i used to be really proud of that by the way i used to be really proud of being like i know where that one's from i know where that one's from (laughs) getting a bit worse recently but you know
1: I still try to take those quizzes, those BuzzFeed quizzes, like, can you name all these flags? I'm like, no, I can't, but I'm gonna fucking try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, totally. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> so when people ask you where you're from, generally, like, where do they think that you're from to begin with? Almost always, exclusively the states. Like the the amount of times I've been uh, approached while out in town in Denmark. And there's this Dane wanting to show off their fucking English skills, like, so where are you from? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> we can speak Danish, hun. it's alright. And they're like, what? I'm like, no, I'm Danish. They are so disappointed. I'm like, yeah, I know, man. I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but usually when someone asks me where I'm from, I'll just say Denmark. If a Dane asks me where I'm from, I'll say technically Denmark, <laughs> because then the follow up question from a Dane is obviously because like they know I'm from Denmark. That's not interesting. They want to know where in Denmark to see if we can relate on like a personal level. And I got to be like, well, technically I'm from Denmark and they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I wasn't born here. So like, <laughs> the, like I can't tell them specifically where in Denmark I'm from. I'm from the nation of the Danes is is a, the best I can do. <laughs> Sometimes my answer will be like, well, my parents live in Viram, which is the city they've lived in since, we moved, since we've moved home. So I guess that's technically where I'm from. But yeah, other than that, it's, it's usually I get guessed American. Like a lot of people have tried to speak English to me and just like, so like, where, when did you move to Denmark? Thinking I'm an American that has moved to Denmark.
0: Yeah. you have got quite a, um, a distinct sort of American accent I suppose. But I don't know if it would surprise me necessarily if you said you're from Denmark, but maybe that's also because I already know. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, see, I can also figure it out now. But uh I think for other uh, people it's a surprise. <laughs> As like even Americans are like would just ask me what state I'm from. And I'm like, "Ah, it's the state of Denmark." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, state of Denmark.
0: I mean, in in Danish then, do you have um uh, I know this happens to some some TCKs as well. When they go back to like their passport country, they they found, find they have an
1: an accent in their own language. Do, have you found that? I uh, I'm I'm quite lucky in the fact that I don't. But my Danish is definitely awkward grammatically because I never like like I said, I never really went to Danish uh, school. So the whole grammar thing, I just learned by hearing, learned from talking to my parents and my mom correcting me endlessly. Um, but the grammar definitely goes south a bit sometimes also because i have to think of the word so long if i don't just straight up use the english word I, like i borderline develop a stutter I, like it's not amazing and it's a, a lot of danes tell me that i do sound like a danish person like they wouldn't have guessed i wasn't uh fluent from the get-go but then if i have to have a longer conversation with them they're like yeah okay i see i see it now i'm like okay well yeah fuck you <laughs>
0: well i mean i always find in in terms of speaking other languages um you know a a glass of wine or a beer or two always helps the language flow
1: exactly i agree i agree completely so yeah but definitely drinking with danes is easier
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean
1: Um, yeah oh no sorry off to you no, um, I was just thinking, um, like my Danish was not necessarily amazing up until like a few years ago where I started working as a waitress in a restaurant where obviously lots of Danes were. And I think that definitely did the most for my Danish because I was forced to speak it on a daily level because pretty much all like, yeah, all of my friends here in Denmark, I speak English to them. <laughs> yeah.
0: No I mean it's interesting cuz uh, I mean I feel bad that when I uh, when I go and see my German family like I often it takes me a really long time to like settle in because I'm not practicing very much and but yeah, and then all of a sudden when I have a few glasses of wine or something, it's, it's like my, the language is, is coming out all right. Like it's fine. But then also, you know, I'm a bit drunk, so it's a bit embarrassing as well. It's like you've got it's a, it's a careful balancing act that I've got to sort of sort out there. But um, but like you say, I mean, it's something like just practice once you're sort of forced to be in that situation and like you just got to get on with it, haven't you?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, I agree. Plus alcohol is beautiful in the fact that it brings us all together because we're all drunk and no one needs to speak the same language to get along when they're drunk. So it's it's great that way.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, language. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say languages are all different, but the language of alcohol is always the same. Exactly. But. When I started bartending in Scotland, it took me a good two months to be able to understand what people were ordering. Because holy shit, I thought I was fluent in English. And then I had to talk to drunk Scotsmen. And that was that the was next level stuff. Oh, mate. I bet.
0: Oh my god. I mean, there's times when I don't even understand the Scottish accent too well, but drunk Scots, damn.
1: It was it was amazing. It was really like a like a proper study in uh, in a different culture. I I finally felt like I'd I'd gone outside my uh, my comfort zones for once because I was like, what in the world? And they just spent five. They they tried to order a Jack and Coke for me for five times. I don't understand why it took me so long, but I was like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. What? <laughs> borderline in tears by the point by the time my manager actually came over and translated for me. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my god, no! I mean, honestly,
0: that's one of the things that I think. Like, my my mum found it surprising when she came here. There's just so many different accents. And my dad was in the army uh, with lots of Scottish um, people, basically, in his regiment. And my mum was, like, just learning English. And then she... <laughs> She comes across all these Scottish soldiers And she's like, oh my god What the hell is going on? I didn't realise, there's all this And then there's also like, um, what else is quite difficult For some people, I suppose the Geordie accent As well, I don't know if you came across
1: the Geordie accent In the UK, which is like I did not, But I have had the I had the good fortune Of watching some Geordie Shore, so I kind of know What you're talking about Oh my god, Geordie Shore, that's like my
0: ultimate Trash TV, I love that shit That's amazing <laughs> But yeah, it's a difficult accent, for sure. Um, And I will actually credit Geordie Shaw with helping me understand the accent a bit better as well.
1: It definitely felt like a little bit of a, like I'm learning something watching this, which is how I can justify watching it. Well, exactly,
0: exactly. That's what I say anyway. Um, Yeah, for sure. Where's your mom? My mom's from Germany. So uh, she's from North Germany. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so she's, well, she's been a British citizen for like, I want to say about 25 years. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, she didn't keep her German citizenship. So with this whole Brexit malarkey, it means yeah. that, yeah, unfortunately, it's a lot more difficult for all of us to try and get a German passport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, but, yes, that's um, that's always been quite interesting to have sort of like a, yeah, the German point of view. But that's it, I think it's interesting when you're someone so, like, I know both your parents from Denmark, but still you've got these sort of chapters of your life where you've sort of got bits from all these different cultures that make up the unique cocktail that is you. I mean, how easy do you find it to sort of flick between, um, or I want us to say masks, but masks, I don't think that's got good connotations, has it? Like positive connotations. But How easy do you find uh, to, to flick between, you know, like maybe Danish Alma and then
1: like <laughs> international kid Alma? That's the thing. I don't think I ever developed a Danish Alma. Like, I think I was, especially as a teen, I was hell-bent on having nothing to do with Denmark. Really, I was... quite the rebellious brat for whatever reason. Um, I think I was just very angry at having been moved. (laughs) Um, But so I think international Alma is just constant Alma. I realize uh, personally, I think when I do sometimes speak Danish, uh, I feel like I sound very much Danish Valley girl. Like I, I definitely feel like I sound like a different person, but I've been told that that's not really the case. So I think it's just me not being used to hearing myself speak Danish. Like I said, all my all my friends here, I speak English to them. Even my Danish friends, they are also pretty much all third culture kids. So uh, we like exclusively speak English to each other. And my boyfriend, who is born and raised in Denmark, having lived here all his life, we also speak English to each other, which makes me so happy. Because I don't want to speak Danish when I'm tired or pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's great. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of copped out by not developing a Danish persona, but it also does make things a lot easier for me. <laughs> oh, for sure. I think that's brilliant, actually. I think that's amazing that you you know you know exactly who
0: you are, you stuck to your guns, and um, I suppose there's less, less sort of uh,
1: personal admin for you. You're just like, yep, I'm here. It's me. <laughs> Pretty much. It makes it a lot easier for me. Um, and I mean, I do speak Danish at work, uh, and it's not impossible for me, but me, like, I'm constantly switching over to use English words or finishing my sentences in English if I started them in Danish because I couldn't remember how to say something specifically. And like I said, that's, it's super beneficial for me to live in a place like Denmark where pretty much everyone speaks a little bit of English, so I can get away with it. I haven't really had anyone tell me off for it yet, so I, I'm good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it, yeah. I mean, so how um, how close are you to your sort of Danish family then? I mean, particularly your extended family.
1: Yeah. Um, not especially. Um, I mean, I I see them for whatever birthdays there might be. And uh, I'll say I see my aunt a lot more because uh, my boyfriend lives right next to her. So uh, I I see her a lot more than usual, which is lovely. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like I also noticed when I moved back here to Denmark, because even though I I hadn't lived here till I was 13, we went back every summer and every Christmas. So I have spent, you know, like time in Denmark as a youngin, Um, But I definitely noticed how I felt like kind of alien from my Danish family because I just didn't see them that much. And I wasn't really sure how to talk to them because I I didn't have a lot of super danish things to relate to them about but i, I mean getting older i also realize that that's really fucking matter and that hanging out with them when i get the chance to is lovely and whenever we see each other now it's very easy and they also know to expect that i'm going to switch over in english at some point and that i probably don't get that reference to that danish kid show that existed 10 years ago
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, I, I would say it's getting better. I think it's also just an age thing because I am just like one of the youngest family members. Me and my little brother are some of the youngest. They're all, all my cousins are like in their thirties now. So there was also always that, that age gap a wee bit. Um, but yeah, I think the older I get, the easier just to talk to them. Like whether it's in English or Danish, it doesn't really matter.
0: Mm, yeah. I feel the same actually. Cause I think, I think when I was younger, I felt a bit of a disconnect cause I'd see my grandparents like, maybe once a year or something. And maybe uncles and aunts, I don't know. Like one of my uncles, I only saw like once every three years or something. So he was basically a stranger to me, but it was weird to me that when I did see him, my parents would be like, go on, give him a kiss on the cheek. Give him a hug. And I'd be like, I don't know this guy. Who is he?
1: I don't want to give this strange man a hug. What are you doing? This is how (laughs) you, mother. You literally told me not to do this. (laughs) Exactly. Stranger danger. It's crazy.
0: but yeah, no, I think you're right, though. It is, a, it is a growing up thing. Now, like, I've sort of got, I think maybe I've, like, gotten over myself, or, like, gotten over that sort of, like, maybe even the teenager inside of me going, oh, no, what if, like, I embarrass myself? Or what if they don't get me? What if
1: they just don't get me and who I am? Completely. No, I absolutely get that. I also think it's a family thing, you know, like, when you're in a teenage year, you don't really, in your teenage years, you don't want, really want to be dealing with that. You're like, no, I'm off to have friends and fun and whatever. And then when you get older, you're like, oh, no. No, they, they, these are good people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all right, really. They're, they're just fine. <laughs> it's nice to get drunk with them like three times a year. <laughs> yeah. So do they all live quite sort of nearby to you right now? I mean, yeah, uh, my mom's side pretty much all lives in Copenhagen. Her, well, okay, apart from her brother, he lives in Ulen, so we don't see them that much. But uh, my mom's two sisters lives here in Copenhagen, and so do their kids. And then my dad's side. My dad, my dad is an older gentleman. He is seventy five, and he is the youngest of his siblings. So uh, they live like outside Copenhagen, sort of, but they're also not, you know, the most active. And especially right now with the Rona, uh, they're not seeing a lot of people, understandably. <laughs>
0: Yeah, of course. Of course. And, um, Oh God, I totally forgot to ask. Are your family all okay? Are they safe? Are they healthy, happy?
1: <laughs> they are. They absolutely are. I am the only one in my immediate family that has had Corona so far. Um, my little brother is being very, cause he, he's, he's what, 21. He's He's like, uh, in high school right now. Um, and he's being amazingly responsible about it. He skipped out on seeing anyone for new years, uh, because he lives at home with my dad and my mom. Uh, and my, my dad is 75, like I said. Um, so he's in a risk group, which is purely based off of his age. Uh, mm-hmm. and my mom still goes to work, but she's also very, very intense with the rules and such. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're all good. Uh, all my extended family is also good. My cousins have had it, but they're also, they came out on the, on the right side of it. So yeah, everyone as well.
0: Okay. What about yours? Oh, we're, we're all fine actually. Fine so far. Um, amazingly. Cause I also, I work in, I, I work in retail. So like I was, well, I was working in retail anyway before the shops shut. And, um, so I was quite worried about bringing things home to my family. And, but you know, I was being very careful, but, um, but yeah, we all seem to be fine at the moment. I'm just, I'm worried mostly for my, my friends in London. Um, cause lots of them now have like, either they've got it or their flatmates have got it or, you know, cause London's really bad right now, obviously. Um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm just, I'm feeling, I'm feeling for them right now, more than anything. And, um, yeah. but, uh, this is the thing about Corona though, as well. It's like, you feel like you're not doing anything because you are just sitting at home, basically, if you're not able to work. Um, but at the same time you are doing something, you're actively stopping, you know, the spread of something, you know, going to someone else or carrying it for whatever reason. Um, and, um, but uh, how are you
1: doing though? You, you seem really well, but how are you, how are you feeling? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that I'm working, first of all, because when during the first shutdown, I was working as a staff manager in a restaurant and obviously that got closed and they, the way they responded to that was just by firing everyone immediately and then rehiring everyone would be reopened. I, yeah, it was not an amazing company or a restaurant chain to work, work from, from the beginning. And when that happened, I was like, yeah, no, my loyalties are, are long gone. <laughs> But, um, I remember the first two months where we were shut down, I was bored out of my mind. And I think you're right. I think it's a very important thing to remind yourself that you are doing something by staying home. Cause I, that's definitely something I didn't consider at all when I was sat at home, I was just focused on how bored I was and how there was nothing to do and how I wasn't contributing. Um, and I think it's such a smart way to think about it that you're really, you're benefiting people. You're helping people by sitting your ass at home and binging Netflix for two months. Um, but yeah. I, but I'm so grateful to have a job to be going to right now because like without the structure, it definitely became like, you know, you wake up at 3am and uh, at night and then you go to bed at like 5pm in the evening, you know, it's, it's a bit of a mess.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, but yeah, I'm glad you've got something now to, to do as well with your, with your job and things. And do you feel a bit better about, um, yeah, I a having something to do and also be sort of uh having an active role in sort of helping with the COVID situation in Denmark
1: yeah no for sure massively like that was it was definitely something that was getting me down so hard that I couldn't really help I signed up for a bunch of stuff like Red Cross has Red Cross here in Denmark has this thing where you can help uh, people with corona you know like walk their dogs buy their groceries blah, blah blah stuff like that and but so many people had signed up that a lot of the people that had signed up for it were like didn't do anything um but then I ended up volunteering at the first Corona hotline that was set up here in Copenhagen. They realized they had opened too many Corona hotlines, so they shut like the one I wasn't down. And then I ended up volunteering for a homeless shelter actually, where, the, so like my first shift I got there, uh, one of the guys wasn't feeling good. Um, and they were immediately like red alarm, red alarm, like, it's Rona. We're all like, everything's awful. And I just got in there. Like it was my first shift. I was like, I'm sorry, what's happening. Um, so, uh, they got, and this was, this was like early days. It wasn't easy to get tested back then. Nowadays, it's super easy to get tested in Denmark. I've been tested probably like 12 or 13 times now. um, So they managed to get a truck out to test all the guys at the shelter. And at the time it was a wee shelter called grace. That was usually just a morning cafe, but because of Corona, they had uh, been given some grants by the government so they could pay for a a hostel. Uh, so the guys could live somewhere like semi-permanent during this, during this time. Um, and they got a truck out, so they tested everyone, and I come back the day after, and she's like, yeah, so um, 16 of the guys tested positive, and I was like, uh, okay, cool, and she's like, you haven't been here very long, so you probably still don't have it, so you can go. I was like, yeah, uh, okay, I'm going to do that, and then I came back a weeks later. Uh, to continue volunteering and then I ended up getting some like actual work shifts there uh, because they needed people to be there pretty much all day so that was really cool I also felt like I was I was helping there at that point though the like everything had reopened so I was also working at the restaurant so it was like three days working at the shelter and four days working at the restaurant um but and miraculously, all the 16 guys had a tested positive. Not one of them. They were all quarantined in the in the hostel, uh, but not one of them ever developed symptoms.
0: Oh wow! Okay, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
0: It's weird how that happens, though, isn't it? Because some people can get it really fucking bad, and then other people are just absolutely fine, completely asymptomatic.
1: Really? Yeah. It was really strange. It was such a relief, though, because oh, it would not have been great if all 16 dudes started feeling bad. It was. We were really worried about that for sure. Um, and they've been doing impressively well ever since too.
0: Mm, Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, happy to hear. Yeah. That would have been an absolute bloody nightmare. I swear. Oh gosh. But, um, so have you been able to do, I I don't imagine you've been able to do much traveling obviously in the past sort of year or so.
1: No, I've managed to go to Scotland once last year, which made me very, very happy. Um, because I mean, I, because the like flights are so cheap from Denmark to Edinburgh. I, i'd go like once every four or five months because my best friend lives there too so i go to see her as much as possible and we've also had many talk about how it's been almost a year since i've seen you and we're just like ah! <laughs> um but yeah uh not a lot of traveling now
0: now how was how was flying though
1: for you do you
0: enjoy the whole process of like you know traveling
1: Yes, I do. I love traveling. I I don't like flying, but I love being in airports. (laughs) I don't know why the older I've gotten, the less trustworthy of planes I've gotten. I feel like I'm becoming like an Amish person. I was like, I don't trust this giant metal bird in the sky. Why are we flying? This is so heavy. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I love being in airports cause I know it means I'm going somewhere new and I'll, I'm the, I'm the bitch that shows up two hours or like too early for her flight because she doesn't want to risk anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel that for sure. I mean, I, I, in terms of like being a bit more afraid of flying, That is me. That is me. But I reckon for me, I thought maybe it's because I'm, I'm not doing it enough. Maybe it's because I haven't done it enough. And I used to do such long flights and they were fine for me. But then I don't know, it's either that like not practicing or doing too much of it now that I'm like, okay, I'm done.
1: I'm done. This big metal tube is not for me. That could absolutely be it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You've had too much of it. And you're like, no, 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 there's no flying left. There's no good grace left in these wings. (laughs) (laughs) But what's, what's traveling like in the time of Corona? That's a great question. I mean, when I went last February, not, not any restrictions had been imposed yet. So it felt very normal. Like we weren't wearing masks. It wasn't like, so it was, it was early days when we, when we did go traveling. So it really didn't feel different from regular old traveling at all. Um, I know my, Some of my friends have been traveling during Corona and they said it was definitely intense. And you're like, you're very aware of how many people are around you when you're sat on a plane for sure. And everyone wearing masks and like really sending dagger eyes to the one person that took off his mask for a little while. Um, But so I wouldn't know what traveling is like in Corona, but I can only imagine that it's quite stressful. I mean, I was in a large-ish supermarket a few days ago and there were so many people. I just did not like being in there. I, I definitely realize how being around large crowds has made me very nervous now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's weird actually how um, yeah social behaviour is really um, it's going to change massively for years to come because of this. Um, and I, the other day, before we got locked down actually here, um, I went to the supermarket with my mum and um, the first time I'd been with her for a while. But even that, I was like, I can't. It, we we can't be here together. This is wrong. And then she was stressing me out because she was going too close to people, and I was like, I can't tell off my mother. Like I can't do that.
1: This is just oh wrong. My God. Do it all the time too my mom's like hugging her friends I'm like if you do that I will scream <laughs> I'm gonna make this embarrassing for both of us <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like oh god it's just uh it's just it's all a massive balancing act if you ask me in terms of like well yeah for me anyway I'm like do I want to get told off by my mom by telling her off or do I just walk away do I what do I do
1: <laughs> oh god yeah oh no Oh, yes. Moms reeling them in is not an easy thing to do. I feel like I've, I've been practicing for years already in the way she talks to customer service people. So when she, like when Corona rolled around, I was just ready to tell her off with whatever she was doing wrong. But I think she's handled things pretty well, apart from a few misplaced hugs here and there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: How do you feel now about your identity? Are you sort of resolved in your identity or do you, are you still sort of like figuring shit out? <laughs>
1: God, I wish I would pay good money to be able to say that I feel totally resolved in my identity and I know absolutely who I am, but that is not the case. I am most definitely still figuring things out. Um, I will say, when it comes to, like, my national identity, that has never, that doesn't bother me at all anymore. I'm very secure in the fact that I am not super Danish. There are certain things I just don't understand about Danish culture, but I can still get along with Danes, of course, you know, being one. Um, But I'm, I feel pretty comfortable in the fact that I'm going to be the kind of person that always wants to get out and see new things and meet new people and not live in the same place. And I mean, that's also, I mean, part of the reason what I'm hoping to study next year is nursing. Um, And a because during corona it made me realize how upset I was that I couldn't help more people because I really felt like I was in a position where I couldn't be doing that but b also because it it like it allows nurses are needed everywhere in the world pretty much it allows for great flexibility when it comes to that and that's something that excites me a lot because having a job that makes that possible is just everything I want in life
0: yeah that's really exciting that's that's so great for you I'm really happy that you've sort of found found that as like a Yeah, as a way forward. That's really nice. I mean, oh God, I wish I could be a nurse, but me and science, we do not get on very well at all or even maths.
1: (laughs) I'm doing like a math course right now and it is not, not, uh, not really my ballpark, but, uh, I'm I'm like, (laughs) you'll get there. You'll get there.
0: I'm sure you will. I mean, your passion is, it will definitely see you through. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, and, um, yeah, I suppose there's one more thing I need to ask you, which is, is there anything you would like to plug or promote today?
1: Yes, there is. I mean, these are Copenhagen-based charities, but they're both lovely and you can absolutely donate to them. Do I know where to donate right right off the top of my head? No. But if you're going on Facebook, there's something called The Red Van, which is an awesome charity that helps um uh it works it helps uh street-based sex workers in Copenhagen. Um, specifically non, non-Danish non sex workers, because they obviously have a much harder time, uh, you know, financially, like job-wise, all, all that mess. Um, they're awesome. They're called The Red Van, um, and you can find them on Facebook. It has a link to their website, their Instagram, definitely also a donation page. Apart from that, also the homeless shelter I have worked at, which is called Grace KBH, which is Kribbenhouten a.k.a. Copenhagen, Um, they are a lovely homeless shelter uh, that they're trying to, you know, make more space for more guys, trying to stay open longer, actually be able to pay people to have shifts so we're open longer. And um, they just do a lot of good work, especially also for um, refugees or immigrants, because it is not easy to be homeless in Denmark if you are not a Dane. Uh, they actually, the government makes it quite hard for you if you are not a Dane and if you're homeless. Um, so yeah, they're also really awesome. They're called Grace, Kobe Hope. And apart from that, since everything sucks right now, I'm just going to plug some really feel-good TV shows, which is Parks and Recreation. The- oh my god, yes! Yes! <laughs> Leslie Nope can make any day, okay? And uh, The Good Place. Ooh, The Good Place. I have not seen that yet. Oh my god. I think I think you'd love it. It's it's an absolute joy to watch. It's I never thought they could turn a philosophy class into an entertaining TV show, but they managed to.
0: I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, I've definitely I've definitely gone to the dark side. I've like started re-watching Peaky Blinders. I don't know if you've seen Peaky Blinders, but it's so
1: many times I have not gotten around to it
0: (laughs) yeah it's a hard-hitting sort of gangster sort of series and I'm like I'm I don't know why I feel like I need to feel these things very deeply so I'm going really like moody but yeah maybe I need to cheer myself up with some good place
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's nice to have some feel-good shit right now (laughs)
0: and there you have it Alma Rasmussen I really enjoyed that chat she's so cool and easy to chat to like It was just so chill. I loved it. Loved it. Um, I've posted links, by the way, or I'm going to put them not posted links. What am I on about? I've put them in the show notes to the charities that Alma was talking about, the Red Van and uh, Grace, the homeless shelter. Um, I found their uh, Instagram handles and things. And through that, you can find links and places to to donate um, and uh, very worthy causes. So please do have a look for that. Um, Please like, rate, review, comment, subscribe because uh, we are on Acast, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. We are expanding all the time. So uh, please make sure you subscribe, leave us a, a comment and maybe even give us five stars. You know, that that would also be super cute. And um, if you want to keep up to, to date with um, all other things floaters, we are on Instagram at floaters underscore podcast. And um I am going to continue hiding out in my little radio wardrobe Um because Storm Kristoff out there, he's having a fucking laugh. He's battering the fucking shit out of the countryside. Honestly, I went for a dog walk uh, the other day and it was fucking... I was wearing a, a... Okay, this is the context, right? I was wearing a raincoat, hood up, wearing a baseball cap as well and still I was getting rain on my face. It's literally coming at me sideways. It's insane. Um But... uh Enough of that. I'll leave you. I'll leave you to probably enjoy your nice, nice, warm homes and get all, get all, you know, locked down up in here. So <laughs> there's nothing left to say other than uh, thanks to Alma for joining me today, thanks to Adora for your help with graphics, and as always, thank you to rl for your sound help, and thank you to you, my dear listeners. It means so much to me um, to see you all listening. I see you. I see you, and um, I can't wait to uh, connect
1: with you next time. Until next time, buh-bye.